Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, beloveds, and welcome to Come to Your Senses. I am so happy to be back with you. Last week, as some of you know, I did a recast because I was a bit under the weather, but I am gratefully back in action and excited to share with you today my own personal register of rituals for golden hour. So golden hour is that magical time of day where the brightness of daytime starts to blend with the solitude and the dark of night which creates this beautiful explosion of golden light. And here in the Southeast, in the mountains where the foliage is particularly kaleidoscopic right now, it is a gorgeous time of day. And yet for so many of the clients that I work with, this time of day can be the most creaky, most achy time of day because the daytime has been moving at such a high speed and such a focus on the more angular aspects of productivity that it's abrupt to go all the way down to 20 miles an hour or 10 miles an hour. Or perhaps as you move into your evening, your evening or your productivity is just getting started because you have kiddos to cook for and teeth to brush and hair to detangle and all the rest that comes along with having chickadees. And what I want to share with you today, you know, I love the term golden hour because it gives us an example of what happens when we release the binaries. Golden hour is this mix of light and dark 
that produces this gorgeous illumination. And so what I want to share with you today are some ways to take the hyper productivity of your day, slow it down a bit using simple sensory pleasures so that you can enter your evening from a state of relaxation and presence instead of feeling as many of us feel a lot of the time like the only way to go from that hyper speed to a lower speed is through numbing out. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you just need to downshift. But what today's episode is designed to do is give you more options and more utensils in your drawer of tools than just one or the other. So in preparation for this episode, As those of you who are longtime listeners know, I'm a real word nerd. And so I looked up the definition of the word golden. Golden is consisting of or relating to gold, has that preciousness, that rarity to it. It is lustrous and shining, prosperous and flourishing as in golden days radiantly youthful and vigorous, highly favored, mellow, and resonant. These are just some of the words associated with golden. And yet, as we talked about in the intro, this time of day around 5 to 7 p.m., depending on where you are in the world, can often be a time of feeling haunted by the things that you didn't get done for the day. Or if you're going home to an empty house, a punctuation of your loneliness. Or if you're going home to a full house with screaming children, it might be a time that you're just praying for night (laughs) and praying for bedtime. And I know because I hear from you how much you yearn for charm and how much you desire a slow, honey-like transition from your day into your evening. And that's going to bring us right into our gems. And so the first gem is about drawing a line in the sand between your day and your evening by putting your day to bed. Being someone who works from a home office, it's very easy for me to bleed my work out (laughs) around my living space throughout the day. I like to switch up my environment. Sometimes I like to sit in a chair. Sometimes I like to sit on a couch. Sometimes I like to lay on my belly on a sheepskin pelt in my living room. And what can happen is that then there's no demarcation and no boundaries between my work-focused self and my evening relaxation weekend self. And so one of the things I'll do in order to create a bit more separation is at the end of the day, I go around the house and I collect my items. I tidy my workspace. I don't do anything crazy, just five minutes. And I actually take a crystal and I place it 
on top of my electronics and I put the whole operation to bed. Even if there are unchecked items on my to-do list, even if there are client notes I need to catch up on, I remind myself that the only reason I want to get things done is so that I can relax. And it's such a paradox because we will never get everything that we need to get done, done. And so sometimes a decision must be made. And this is where a bit of self-talk can be helpful. I am talking to my fearful, anxious brain all the time. And one of the things that I remind myself is that time is not linear. I can't tell you how many times I have felt like I needed to get something done or cross it off my to-do list. And by setting a boundary with that part of myself that lives in the illusion that once I get everything checked off, I'll be able to relax, which P.S. never happens. It just fries my circuits more. And then I have to work even harder to come down off of that intensity. So I remind myself of that. And I also remind myself of the pockets of time I am able to find when I make relaxation a priority. Time is only one factor in our ability to create. The primary factor is our energy and our creativity, which is fueled by the nervous system. Additionally, something that I say to myself is I would rather have happiness than greatness. Happiness is so often conflated with ambition. And I don't believe that you need to choose between the two, but I do believe that happiness is its own form of greatness. And as one of my friends who's a therapist likes to say, we don't wait for life to be perfect to be happy. And so by putting your anxious mind to bed and also using a totem of beauty, you know, for me, a crystal is just this moment of beauty that if I do feel the temptation to go grab my computer or my phone at the end of the day, there's just that subtle reminder, it's sleeping. (laughs) And there's that subtle reminder of a thing of beauty that creates a bit of a sacred boundary between me and that impulse to get on my device. And that's not to say I don't get on my device all the time at night, but there's something about having that boundary that enables me to do it less. And that's another thing that I think in this conversation of not waiting to be perfect, to be happy when it comes to these coping mechanisms and habits that I feel like steal my life force and my time. My goal is not to stop doing them all together, but my goal is to do them a little bit less. And so I encourage you to try that on as a goal instead of trying to do it perfectly. And once your day is put to bed, I find it really delicious to have some tools in place for a golden hour ritual. 
So I have a collection of bitters and shrubs and tonic waters and non-alcoholic herbal infusions where I will sometimes make myself a golden hour mocktail and I'll sit on my porch and I have a special golden hour playlist. I also have special finger foods that I love to just have a little Italian snack to start the evening off, such as prosciutto e melone, prosciutto and melon. Candlelight can completely change the energy from daytime to evening. And the third gem kind of folds into this second gem, which is having something to interrupt the energy of your day. So these golden hour rituals of something delicious to drink and to listen to and to eat and to look at are sensory ways to drop you into your body. But sometimes I find that the anxious humping dog of my mind (laughs) needs a bit of a bone to chew on. And so there are a couple of things that help me really interrupt that energy. And one of them is reading like a real book, not just looking at a screen. I mean, I'm someone who looks at screens all day long when I see clients. So I am screened out at the end of the day. You might not have a job where you look at screens and looking at a Kindle is no big deal for you. But for me, there's something about not having any blue light in my general vicinity and reading by candlelight reading by that golden hour of sunset that allows my brain to just downshift and enter a different realm and a different world. I also find that any kind of movement at the end of the day really helps me downshift, such as a walk while talking to a friend. It's almost like putting a, what do you call those things? Bookend like a bookend in my day where there's a wedge that creates a totally different energy of relating and moving my body. It's kind of like that moment of silence in between the tracks on a playlist. And then my other favorite is to do a face mask. So I'll take a shower, I'll wash my face, I'll exfoliate, and then I'll put on a sheet mask which I find is often really just cooling and hydrating. And I'll usually do something like watch Netflix. I know it's a screen, but I usually will watch like a really fluffy movie, something that just takes my mind out of my day, but doesn't drop me into anything too crazy or serious. And that kind of brings me to the next gem, which is to have a plan for pleasure. So when I used to plan my day in the morning, I would plan my work day, plan what I needed to get done and seeing clients and all of that. And then after seven o'clock or so, I would just drop off and not have any plan. And something that my brother taught me actually is the way that having a pleasurable plan for the end of the day can act as an anchor So sometimes at lunchtime, I will go through Netflix or Amazon video and I will seek out a movie that I want to watch that night, or I will 
text a friend and say, hey, are you free at seven for a 15 minute catch up? Or even just putting a sheet mask out on the bathroom counter as a reminder that there's some oasis of pleasure waiting for you at the end of the day can really help in that moment of decision fatigue where your mind has been working so hard all day. It's almost like it can't face making another decision. And so you might default to my personal default, which is ordering takeout and scrolling my phone, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't exactly align with my values of delight and magic and disruption. And that brings me to the final gem or the final piece that I want to conclude this episode, which is that I was listening to Trisha Hersey recently, who is the founder of the NAP ministry. And the NAP ministry, I believe, started as an Instagram account about rest and the way in which rest is a form of resistance. And there's a new book that Trisha wrote called Rest is Resistance, a manifesto. And one of the things that she shares that I so appreciate is that napping and resting is a way to disrupt and push back against a system that views you as a machine. And so there can often be this consciousness that rest becomes more work. (laughs) You know, I talk about this with clients all the time where self-care can feel performative and like just another thing on their to-do list, which often comes from this consciousness of the whole point of rest is to be more productive. And Trisha was talking about how much that plays into this capitalist narrative of bodies being machines and that rest is a way to push back against capitalism and white supremacy and the overall condition of viewing worth and value as what we can do instead of worth and value being who we are. And so check out Rest is Resistance. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. And that concludes our episode. May your golden hours be luminous. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week. For coaching, classes, retreats, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free treasure an audio prayer poem to relax your mind, rejuvenate your body, and inspire your senses. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash relax to download your free meditation today.